0: random gaming talk it is entertainment talks podcast for video games i'm your host matthew joining me today my co-host is robert how are you today
1: uh, i'm doing good how are you doing today
0: i'm doing good and i'm going to turn 25 in about 40 minutes so that'll be fun uh what have you been playing in the last week
1: uh a bunch of little stuff i'm still going on with my uh kingdom come deliverance build and so i do want to f- finish the story part of that game I need to, it's one of those things that I'm intrigued in the story enough, I just don't ever get a chance to like really sit down and play it for like a good two, three hours at a time, which is what you kind of need.
0: Okay, yeah.
1: Um, I did a test of streaming on the uh, D Live, which we talked about last week, and mm-hmm. during that test stream, I played uh, We The Resistance. Fascinating game. Art style wise, it's very, very unique. Uh, did you play the uh, Telltale uh, um, a Game of Thrones game. Yeah, you know how it had kind of that claymation look to it.
0: Yeah, I, I remember. Yeah,
1: it looked a little like that, but not so much claymation. Just more like of a, a computerized, pixelated claymation.
0: Okay.
1: Uh, but still, it's very beautiful looking. Um, it's one of those games that I'm going to have to play like three or four times as a restart just to get a sense of the mechanics down. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the way the game works is that you're a judge. And you have the case in front of you and you read the case notes. And each, uh, each part of the case notes, there'll be a red piece of text. And that revolves to something around the crime. And then you have to ask questions. Well, you have to click on certain parts of the type of crime and then how it relates to it. Like, uh, let's see, you click on a character's name. And it's either he was accused or it's a sequence of events or some other indicator like that. And you have to successfully read the text and match up the name with the sequence, and that lets you unlock questions to ask the defendant during the trial. Okay. And if you don't do that right, you don't get to ask questions to the defendant. You might accidentally send a guilty man to prison, oh. or uh, you know, let a guilty, you know, an innocent, I'm sorry, an innocent man go to prison, or a guilty man go free. Um, and then there's the political aspects of, you know, some people, you know, in the uh, gentry might want this, some people in the bourgeois might want that, and then you gotta balance that with your family life, you know, how do the decisions affect, uh, um, you know, your kids, your wife, whatever. And then it's really fascinating. It's one of those games I'm just going to have to play a few times to get a sense of it. Um, if anybody's played, uh, Papers, Please, just imagine like a shiny 18th century French Revolution version of that game. Um, Definitely going to be one of those games that intrigues the hell out of me. Uh, but past that, haven't really had a chance to do a whole lot of gaming gaming.
0: Okay. Um, I jumped into... What did I jump into? Of course I jumped back to Crash Bandicoot because uh, one of the things that I didn't do, uh, which I was kind of intrigued to see how I would get on with it, which is to go back and do certain levels of 3 and 2. Uh, and try and get the platinum time relic not the platinum trophy I've platinum both of the games and I've done that as a throw to platinum season uh 2 1 and yeah season 1 and 2 no season 1 uh it's kind of all bundled together um but the one thing that the platinum trophy doesn't require you to do is to get the platinum relics because they're ridiculously hard uh, I did manage to get the platinum relic for uh, the one where you're you're running with Coco with the, with the tiger on the wall in the uh, in the third game. Can't remember the name of the level, um, but uh, that that was kind of fun to do. I tried to do the first level of Crash Three, which is where you're at kind of this kingdom and there's the frogs in the level, but I just couldn't manage to, to get the timer, um, so I I sort of bailed on that one. Um, and I tried to do a couple of others, and I just basically sent the game back today because I thought, like, it won't be something that I'll be sitting down for like three hours trying to do one thing. Um, and I, I, I have kind of said to myself a few times, like, okay, when am I gonna move on from the Crash Trilogy? Because I've gone back to it several times to do bits and pieces. I've platinum the, f- the second and the third game. Um, I did finish them on on the Switch, but I didn't platinum them because, well, they don't have trophies so uh, or achievements of any kind. Uh, so I've I've kind of moved on from it again. But uh, yeah, it, it was great fun to go back and, and try all that. Um, oh yeah, the other one that I did do was the racing level. The, the bike level with Crash in the third game. But the bike level that's got... It's more sort of during the day. Because uh, there's one that you can do uh, in one of the more secret levels. Which is almost like Pitch Black. So it's not that one, it's the other one. The the main level one that I tried to do. Um, and yeah, there's something about the, the levels in Crash uh both 2 and 3 when you're either riding on an animal or riding one of the vehicles so either um either Coco's jet ski thing or Crash's bike I, I quite like those levels so um and those get a lot of sort of complaints especially Coco's um I'll say boat uh sort of level things um for like the controls and stuff but I got on with them really well so um yeah I've kind of moved on from that I've added a bunch of games to my list today so like some of the ninja guide and stuff cuz Um, There was a post from Xbox saying that that was backwards compatible. Now, I've never tried the Ninja Gaiden games. Uh, I looked up the gameplay for two. I was kind of uh, impressed, but I only saw like a minute worth or whatever. But it looked uh, fairly decent, so I'm going to try that. Um, I've added Subnautical back to my list. The game that David kept talking about with the 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 under-the-sea survival and the mystery and all that kind of stuff. So I'm going to be trying that next. Uh, Days Gone comes out next Friday. uh, So I'm going to be hopefully trying that next week. Uh, the other game that I tried to play... What was the name of it? I don't, um... I've got it here in my list because it hasn't been completely sent back yet. So just bear with me for a minute. It was this PSVR game where you're basically just exploring this desert. Uh, the name should be right here. Let me just bring it up. Um, Downward Spiral Hours Station PlayStation VR. Um, the reason I sent this back within a minute of playing it was because, um... It's one of those VR <coughs> excuse me it's one of those VR games where it's not actually in VR it's using the 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 mirror VR thing which for for an official PSVR game it shouldn't be doing that it should be the surround VR thing as opposed to if you look to the left and it's it's got your controller symbol um which is basically where you're still looking at your normal PlayStation screen that shouldn't be happening with PSVR VR games um but I clicked on new game and then it said, you want to just explore or, or explore with enemies? And I thought, okay, I'll just explore with enemies just to see what the world's like and stuff. And then I start, like, flying or, like, kind of floating or gliding in this desert. I'm looking around and I think to myself straight away, like, okay, this is one of those games where you're just kind of going through a desert. A bit like a, a journey, but in VR, but not as interesting. And I thought, okay, this is one of those, like, experience kind of games, maybe. Uh, I didn't try it with the enemies because, like, first of all, it wasn't even in VR. It was the, what's actually called mirror mode for VR, which is where you can play, you can play any game and go into Netflix and all that kind of stuff in, using the PSVR thing, but it won't be in VR. You'll see the this, this screen in front of you, but it will just be, um, yeah, just the screen in front of you. And if you turn your head to the left or right, the screen won't move with you. So it's that's what they call the mirror mode. I, I think that's what they called it. Um, so I was like, okay, I'm not going to be interested in playing this for a, uh, any period of time. Uh, and it wasn't quite what I was sort of looking for. I was looking for a bit more of maybe like a sci-fi adventure type of thing. And it didn't seem like that's what that was going to be. So I, I've sent those two back. But hopefully I'll get sent Ninja Gaiden and some of the other stuff in my list. And uh, Days Gone will be out next week. Um...
1: Now, I, I meant to ask, is this the uh, is this the Ninja Gaiden from the original Xbox
0: yeah, it says Ninja Gaiden 2 though, so it's not the oh, first one.
1: Okay, so it's a sequel one already. Right. Yeah, yeah, because uh, Ninja Gaiden, the original one, is actually part of Xbox Live Game Pass. So you can always, if you do uh, Game Pass, you can try that game okay. and just download it. And cool. it is backwards compatible, and it is the benchmark for a hard-ass Ninja Gaiden game. It is, I, it gets easier because you get better at the controls, and you do get a couple of moves. To make the game a little bit easier, but man, getting through that first real level is a bear. All right,
0: cool. Um, yeah, I looked up Ninja Gaiden. And there's all these different, like, there's a version on the Wii U. There's a version on the Vita. There's, like, all these other different versions with that Ninja Gaiden Z something. So I just looked for two and uh, three. So I'm going to be trying those out. Uh, and that's roughly what we've been kind of playing. Um, did I mention Metal Gear Solid last week? I think I did yeah last week i did finish it and it was uh very very good but i'll be doing a review of that soon ish uh just look out for that in the future um all right let's move into some housekeeping and let you know what else we've been up to today's sponsor is koaloo if you'd like to get started with a domain name and a website today just click on the link in the show notes and that will take you over to koaloo to get started they also have a live support chat system that you can use which is in the bottom right hand corner So get started with a new website and domain name today with Kualu. Hey everybody, if you would like to get the ad-free versions of all of our podcasts and support Entertainment Talk along the way, all you need to do is head over to patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk, sign up either as a creator or as a Patreon, there's no difference there. Okay, so recently on Entertainment Talk, uh, Melissa Joan Hart, the previous uh, Sabrina, the Teenage Witch, uh, has come up with a new Netflix series that's called No Good Nick, and it focuses on... Let me ask you if you... I'm going to tell you the plot of this, and then tell me if you've ever heard of anything in in anything before. Um, Unless you know what No Good Nick is already about, but I'm going to just tell you. It is about a 14-year-old teenage girl who um, goes to uh this house in order to con them and steal stuff from them in order to help uh somebody else i can't say who the other person is because of spoilers um have you ever seen anything like that before
1: i'm sure i have i'm just blanking right at the
0: moment okay because i haven't and it was kind of a fascinating concept to me because she gets in all kind of trouble and all that sort of stuff Anyway, uh, if you haven't started the series, I did the same thing which I did with Ricky Gervais' Afterlife, which is do a review review slash impressions for the first two episodes, so that's its own podcast, Spoiler Free and Spoilers. Uh, I finished the season today and I released a Season 1 review which follows the same formula, Uh, Spoiler Free and Spoiler Review, so if you haven't started the show yet, watch the first two episodes, listen to that podcast and then finish the season if you still like the show. Uh, and then you can listen to the spoiler, uh, the spoiler and spoiler-free review for the first season. So that's Melissa Joan Hart; she's back on TV, so that's pretty cool as well. Uh, it's also got Sean Astin, the uh, guy from Stranger Things, and uh, did he play Sam in Lord of the Rings?
1: Yeah, um, he Joan played. Uh, yeah, that was that was one of his more recently iconic roles. For somebody that's my age, uh, his iconic role is on the uh, movie Goonies. Have you seen that?
0: Oh yeah, I remember seeing him in. Uh... I was browsing through netflix once and i've seen that on there yeah
1: that's that's a a movie you should absolutely watch because it's one of those movies that it's just you know a kid adventure movie basically the plot of it is is they live in a a coastal town and the um housing unit that all their parents live in because they're all friends are all their parents are friends and they all know each other and they're all hanging out in the same neighborhood Mm -hmm. that whole area is getting bought out by developers and so they go on a quest to find the treasure of the legendary pi- pirate One-Eyed Willie, in order to save their town, basically. Okay. And so it's all these kids knowing that they're probably never going to see each other again because all their parents are moving off to different places because they don't have homes anymore. But they're you know they're trying to save their home, but at the end of the day they're trying to have one last good adventure together. And it's a you know it's an '80s movie, so there's a lot of '80s cliche in it, but it's a really good movie.
0: Cool, nice. Uh but yes, that uh Goonies is also on Netflix in the UK. <clears throat> so sticking with Netflix has got that stuff. Uh sticking also with Netflix I finally watched uh Russian doll season one which has got Natasha something from uh Orange's New Black. Uh and that was quite fun to uh to to do a review for as well um sticking with tv uh, i did actor and actress episode three this one was focused on ricky gervais uh, who recently did the netflix series afterlife and just a whole bunch of other tv and stuff like that uh, so that's how they feel to listen to game of thrones is back for its eighth and final final season uh, we'll be doing our review for 8.01, Season 8, Episode 1, the premiere tomorrow, uh, but you can listen to our preview podcast as well. Uh, podcast drop-down menu, click on Game of Thrones, that's the category version. You can also click on the iTunes feed post, which will be in the same drop-down menu. Uh, reviewing Westeros on podcast services or Entertainment Talk on podcast services, and you should be able to find it. Uh, what else is there? DC shows, we've got podcasts for Flash and Arrow, and we're going to be back for Legends of Tomorrow Season 4. Episode 12, so do the first four episodes, and then the second four episodes, so split it split it for each side, and then come back for the season finale, so that'll be for that, um, Black Lightning wrapped up weeks ago, so that's that, um, what else is there that we did, uh, what's the other thing that we did, I recorded some stuff that's coming out in the, like, next week and stuff, so that'll be out there as well, uh, gaming talk last week, we talked about Crash Team Racing, PSN name changes and Fallout 76 and some other stuff, so that was there as well. And that's what we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org or on the podcast platform of your choice. Let's move into some news. News. <laughs> Okay, what would you like to talk about today?
1: Uh, well, the first thing we got to talk about is what just finished up uh, about fifteen minutes before we started recording was the uh, April sixteenth edition of Inside Xbox. Uh, a couple of big things were confirmed. They did confirm the all digital Xbox One S, so no no disc drive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's they say it's going to be uh, have a standard price of two hundred uh, fifty of fifty dollars less than the 1S as part of the savings for not having the digital drive. So a standard flat retail would be 250 versus the $300. Uh, and they also confirmed that when the S goes on sale, which it does constantly for 50 bucks off, that the digital is going to go off $50 as well. So you'll be able to get a digital for $200 U.S., and also said that it's going to come with three games, uh, digital codes obviously, uh, Minecraft, Forza 3, and then Sea of Thieves. Uh, the other thing they confirmed was the Xbox Game Ultimate Pass, mm. which is going to be fourteen ninety nine a month US, which is going to give you gold and Game Pass. They had no notes on uh, whether or not you'd be able to buy yearly subscriptions, you know, because that's what I usually do. It's usually either sometime in the summer or sometime around Christmas. A year of Xbox Live Gold will go on sale from the sixty that it normally is to the forty, and then I usually pick one of those up. Or sometimes, you know, they'll have a like a buy three month get three month free sale at a local retail store, and I'll pick that up as well. And that's how I do my gold. Mm -hmm. And. Um right now on sale is the get Xbox Game Pass where you can get three months of Game Pass for just one dollar. Wow. Which if you've ever even remotely wanted to try that, you should absolutely do that now because that's I mean, I think it's a good deal when it goes on sale for like two bucks or three bucks. And I'll usually like pick a game and play at and get my two, three bucks worth. But getting three whole months for a dollar, you got no excuse yeah, you might as well to at least jump in. try. Yeah. Yeah. Um any thoughts on any
0: of those two things? Uh, I mean, I, I have said before that the digital uh, or no-disc um, Xbox One S isn't something I'm interested in. Um, but for those people that will be going digital and will buy you know, three months of uh, Game Pass for um, $1, that will be for you and stuff. Um, I still think it's a tiny bit expensive. Like, I'd expect this to maybe be like $1, 150 or something. Mm-hmm um but uh, aside from that this isn't something that uh, is speaking to me necessarily as a customer so but i mean good good deals for game pass and stuff and the the was it you said the xbox game what was, it? What was the name of the the
1: ultimate game pass ultimate is what game i'm calling pass. it yeah
0: um it sounds like a, a fairly good deal um i mean if you kind of want it like bundled or whatever then that will be helpful to you as well uh and yeah i'm surprised they didn't say annual the annual uh, price because usually when certain services come out like Disney Plus recently came out and said hey here's a month of like $7 and I think they said 70 for a year or something I can't remember exactly what they said Uh, Mm -hmm. but usually when companies come out and announce okay this is the price for a month and this is the price for a year um, because some people like to do that uh, so that they don't have to worry about it for a year. Surprisingly, it didn't say that, but, I mean, it's not too much of a big issue. So, Yeah, they
1: also did confirm that neither service is going to change, so if you just want gold and then occasionally pick up uh, Game Pass, yeah. or if you just want Game Pass and occasionally pick up gold, you could still do either. Uh, the Ultimate Game Pass isn't coming out immediately. It's going to come out later, so I'm assuming after, sometime after E3. Uh, they also said that if you're currently on... Uh, A gold, the value of whatever you've got left, so the prorated amount will get applied to the new service. So if you wanted to upgrade, let's say you have six months left, they would take whatever that value is for the six months and then roll that into what the new cost would be for the ultimate, and then you would go from there. Uh, They also said updating is optional. It's not going to be mandatory, at least for now. Uh, So you can still continue to do either. Um, and then some other notes, uh, minor notes with uh, backwards compatibility. They're bringing, uh, like you mentioned before, Ninja Gaiden Two, uh, Fable Two and Three. Uh, if you want to get your uh, Splinter Cell on, both Blacklist and Conviction and Double Agent are going to be part of backwards compatibility at some time here in the near future. So when, usually when they announce those, they're going to be within less than a
0: month. Mm-hmm. So uh, b- um, Blacklist and Conviction really amazing. Um, especially for games that came out like 2013 or b- or before. Um, I looked up some gameplay for Double Agent, it doesn't quite look, I don't know, there's, there's something off looking with that yeah. game, so I'm not sure about that, but hey, I played, well, I played the, yeah. uh, Blacklist and Conviction back-to-back and I've kind of got my uh, Splinter Cell fix, although I'd play a new game if it came out tomorrow, so there's yeah. that.
1: Well, those should be out within a week or so, and as always, anything that's coming from the 360 to the One X does get those visual enhancements that they do uh, on the back end. Mm -hmm. Uh, So they all—I don't know if you've seen any, especially like the original Xbox games that are backwards compatible. I don't know what kind of wizardry they do with the their computing powers, but they look so much better than just pull it—you know—dusting off your giant, uh, you know, car-sized shape of a. Of an original Xbox and try and play in that, but they look really, really good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah,
0: the original Xbox is is big, so
1: yeah, yeah. And then the other, uh, the last big thing for the Inside of the Xbox is they gave a lot of details for the Fan Fest that's going to be uh, preceding their E3 conference. Uh, so let me uh, go through this. The Fan Fest is going to be Sunday, June 9th at nine p.m., nine a.m. Pacific, which is going to be twelve my time, which is going to be five your time. And then ends Monday night, June 10th. And then the fans that get into the Fan Expo will go from there straight through to E3. So your Fan Expo also gets you an E3 ticket. Cool. Uh, They're limiting the tickets to 700. Uh, So they're going to have a website up to where you register your name, uh, your Microsoft account, and your gamertag. And they're going to leave that website up for two days. And then everybody that enters in will get through the randomizer, and they're going to put 700 names out at random. And then the ticket is $45, which that money goes to a local charity. Uh, the fan fest will include, include priority access, so you get early check-in for the E3 briefing on Sunday. Uh, you get prime seating for the uh, Xbox briefing. Uh, you get a separate fan showcase, where you get to play a lot of games outside of E3. Uh, you get a three-day pass to uh, the E3 Expo. Uh, you get to do a meet-and-greet with uh, the Xbox Game Studios uh, developers. So I I'm, I'm, don't know how many of it are going to be in there. They don't say. And then the Secret Gear backpack, which they showed on the stream, it's a Sea of Thieves theme. So just imagine like a normal backpack with a giant white skull on the back and then a bunch of skull iconography on the on the uh, shoulders. Cool. That looked really cool. Nice.
0: It, it's strange with the uh, like VIP tickets and stuff because with uh Walker StalkerCon they had the uh VIP entry open at nine AM and then they had general admission uh at ten thirty. And when when we got there and it was ten ten forty, uh so ten minutes after, we just like we were able to walk straight in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we still had like more than enough time to do what we wanted to do. But so, well, yeah, the extra yeah.
1: hour and a half is a, is a chance for like the really, really hardcore fans to get in there and right. get all the stuff the done out of the there. way.
0: Yeah, yeah. Meet the uh, meet the cast that's got like the massive queues. The queues that's so big you can't even see the actor. So yeah, <laughs> and, and it's, unless and... it's Ryan Hurst, so. <laughs>
1: And $45 is not expensive. It's not like, you know, they're you're signing up for like a $300, $400 tickets. $45 is very reasonable.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, hell, I saw a thing on the news the other day that some people are scalping their Avengers Endgame uh, Thursday midnight pre-release tickets for $15,000. I am not making that up. That is a thing. Yeah, some people are so desperate to see that first, they're spending $15,000 on a movie ticket. And this is forty five bucks to have a three day <laughs> pass.
0: Yeah. I suppose if you you want it that bad then and then it's there. But yeah. Yep. Um did you have you managed to get Avengers tickets?
1: I am gonna be on the road that week. I'm actually gonna be in oh, yeah, uh, gonna be uh,
0: Rid- that, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm gonna be in Richmond, Virginia until we drive back on Friday. Um, and as weird as it sounds, there are so many theaters around me, I've never had a problem. Not getting into theaters for anything. Like when I went to Saw Infinity War, I went at the 11 a.m. showing on a Sunday and there was maybe 40 people hmm. in that uh, movie theater. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Thursday is going to be nuts. I'm sure Friday is going to be nuts. I'm sure Saturday is going to be nuts. But I found that, at least where I live geographically, you know, one of the first two or three early showings on a Sunday tend not to be that crowded
0: yeah because people are like sleeping in or whatever they're doing and stuff yeah like that.
1: sleeping in you know going to church which i'm not a sunday church guy mm-hmm. um i don't want to get into religion i'm just i'll just say i just don't go example.
0: to church yeah well people might yeah do on a sunday morning uh, yeah it, 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 tend, do... it tends to over here in the uk when we have um films open typically on the thursday and then you guys get them on the friday um it tends to be like there's usually like the midnight showing on the on the wednesday which is usually packed and then the thursday if it, if it is something as big as like avengers endgame there's a showing every half an hour from from 10 a.m until like midnight and then you'll probably fine with getting a seat so uh mm-hmm. but anyway going back to the xbox stuff which is what we're here to talk about i um, mean i mean the price is good and if you're into going to a lot of like convention type events then this will definitely be for you uh, and yeah, go, go and, go and have fun, which is what you're there to do. So, um, what else did you want to talk about?
1: Uh, well, uh, talk about making the big splash. Uh, as you know, on the, uh, f- on, uh, yesterday was, uh, Reggie fils last day at Nintendo. Uh, he ended the day by tweeting out a picture of a little, uh, cartoon of himself oh. with the Twitter sign at Reggie. So I'm not quite sure how he managed to get the Twitter username at Reggie. Either You know, he'd been sitting on it for God knows how long, or he probably you know paid somebody that registered that name a big chunk of money to get it. Mm-hmm. But he's uh, already got almost 350,000 followers right now. Uh, and if you look on his Twitter feed, it's just basically everything from his last day. He's only got uh, six tweets so far. Uh, the first one being the picture of his account. Uh, and then he shows some things from his office, like all the like he shows a badge of E3 from 2004. Mm. He shows his giant Mii head that he wore as part of something. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got the little statue of the Master Sword, which he says the Master Sword is staying behind, ready for the next hero to fight for wisdom, courage, and power. Thank you at Nintendo of America. And then a really cool piece of fan art that uh, Jeff Keighley commissioned, uh, specifically for him. And it's actually really cool. And you should check it out on Twitter.
0: Nice.
1: Um, but yeah, it, it's always cool when, you know, the community, when somebody's leaving, obviously, and he's, you know, going to be gone from this specific role, and the community's just like, but I still want to know more from you. And uh, so he's uh, got a new Twitter account. Not very active right now, but, you know, I'm sure he's going to take a couple, three days off. He's kind of earned it. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, definitely uh be yeah, a happy retirement reggie uh you really deserve it i've never heard a single bad word about the guy uh and every time i've seen because i haven't seen every nintendo direct because i didn't always used to watch e3 and all that kind of stuff uh but every every nintendo direct that he did and every presentation that he did he always seemed professional he always seemed like a nice guy um of course the switch has been a success um and uh, yeah happy happy retirement and i uh, hope you have a good time with Will, with whatever you're doing next so yeah. And good luck, Bowser. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you got any words for, for, uh, Reggie? I almost said Jerry, uh, it's Reggie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm exactly the same way. I mean, I've been following nerds and, you know, tech and video games for a long time and his name is always coming up and it's always, he's the nicest guy. Nobody yeah. really has anything bad to say about him. Uh, you always get the sense that like you, he's a fan of video games and he just wants to be, have video games be the best. Mm-hmm. Um, He's never, I've never really heard of him like crapping on anything or talking down to anybody. And it's, yeah, he just seems to be like a genuinely nice dude. And that's rare in this day and age. And it's always glad to see, especially you get to live the dream of being in charge of Nintendo. I mean, who wouldn't want to be in charge of Nintendo despite all the pressure and stress that probably comes with? That's got to be sure. a dream job for so many people in the video game industry.
0: Yeah. There's something I, I kind of want to connect here with um, with the actor and, actor, ep- actor and actress episode 3. I spoke about like with Ricky Gervais being less of the less of the type of celebrity that like looks for fame and like tries to do whatever they can to, to get fame. Um, with, which is where Ricky sort of slots in. He doesn't try to do any of that kind of stuff. And sure he's a bit more like out there and that sort of thing with, with some of his comedy. Uh, but he's al- he's always seemed to be at least like a nice person um and has tried to always like do do a good job with his work. I would say Reggie definitely kinda of fits in with that. I've never known him to sort of try to do crazy things to look for fame. He's always just kinda of, kind of tried to, you know, put Nintendo first and, and uh or at least in his in the business sense, uh tried to put Nintendo first and do what's right. So yeah, it it's always really nice to see that with um different celebrities. Whether whether you're a president of something or a, or a director or an actor or whoever you are. Uh, It's always nice to see those people just just trying to go out there and do some nice work and try and get the praise they deserve, so that's always nice. Um, All right, what else do you want to talk about today?
1: Well, I found an interesting article um, from a few days ago, actually. This is dated uh, on the 4th, and this is out of uh, the Eurogamer website. Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo online services being investigated by the UK government. Um, so I'll just read the the base article, which is pretty short here, because uh, since a lot of it involves UK law, I'm not that familiar with it. Um, Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo are all being investigated by the UK government's Competition and Markets Authority watchdog to establish, among other things, whether the auto renewal terms of Xbox Live, PlayStation Plus, and Nintendo Switch Online are, quote, unfair. Based on the CMA's initial announcement, which is a fairly broad investigation, and will seek to answer a number of questions. The Watchdog says it's written to all three companies to help better understand their practices when it comes to their online gaming services. Specifically, the CMA says it's looking to ascertain whether the company's contracts are unfair. Quote, do the company's terms give them wide discretion to change the quality of a deal, for example, by reducing the number of games included or increasing the price? How easy is it to cancel or secure a refund? Are there any factors to make it difficult for people to cancel their contract or get their money back? And whether the auto-renewal process is fair. Um, Obviously when it goes to the number of games reduced, that's talking about Sony no longer offering Vita and PS3 games as part of the uh, uh, PlayStation Plus. Past that, I mean, it doesn't go into specifics as to what is fair and what is unfair. And that's one of the things I've never really liked about, you know, legislators getting into things they don't know nothing about. I mean, how do you define fair? That's something that's literally going to be a different answer to almost every single person you ask, regardless of which platform they game on. Yeah. Or, you know, which service they have, which games they play or don't play. I mean, when they, when the, PlayStation Plus no longer gave away free PS3 games or free Vita games. I was neutral on because I don't own a Vita. I don't own a PS3. So that literally didn't affect me. Right. But if you get to the hardcore pl- uh, PlayStation players, you know, that have the PS3, that have the Vita, that have the PS4, that, you know, interconnect all those devices, that's probably more of a big deal of them.
0: Mm-hmm. So for mm-hmm. them,
1: that was definitely unfair.
0: Because now you get in two games instead of six. So Exactly. Yeah.
1: It's a lot less value for something they've probably already prepaid for. In terms of they probably bought a year service. I don't know too many people that do the month to month thing for their online service because they know they're going to be getting it anyway, and they know it's always cheaper to buy a year card than versus you know doing the auto renewal for a month. Plus, like I mentioned earlier, the year cards or the six months cards are always on sale somewhere if you know where to look.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, so this is from the UK. So this is from a country that has spent. When did they decide to start Brexit? Twenty sixteen. I can't. I I live in. It the was twenty sixteen. It was before it the went. U.S. election. Um, it was. It was like two months before the U.S. elections, and right, um, that still hasn't even been resolved. And uh, like um. Within the last like couple of weeks, it was a bit active in in news as to what they were doing, and it still wasn't e- they still weren't even clear about what they were doing, even though there was news about what they were doing. So try and make sense of that, uh, because nobody can make sense of it, even the people in the Houses of Parliament. So again, try and make yeah, try and, make sense and isn't of that. there
1: an MP election coming up? Kinda I soon? I
0: I don't know. I haven't. Uh, within the last like week or so, news has just gone pretty dead on it, uh, and they've kept pushing the date further and further and further back. Um, They said it was like the end of March, then the end of May Now they said the start of June or something So um, if you can ask me about Brexit news and stuff I'm not the person to ask But uh, I'm just giving that as an example of um, This is the country that has come up with this argument And they can't decide how to fix their own problems Uh, Or the problems that they started which they didn't even need to start to begin with Anyway, you want
1: to you want to hear a really bad, really nerdy uh, British pun? What what's that? How much data is going to be saved if the UK leaves uh, the EU?
0: I, I don't know. One GB. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I know that's a terrible pun. I'm I'm addicted to terrible puns.
0: Yeah, it's funny. So, um, but yeah, going to the whole subscription side of things because I just wanted to give an example of what the country is like and making their own decisions at some points. But moving towards this thing um, I mean as a, as a customer and a consumer you have to make the decision of like okay I'm signing up for the subscription whether it's whether it's Netflix or Disney plus or um, or uh, game Pass or gold or switch online. You as a customer have the um, you know responsibility of okay can I afford this can I afford it if it auto renews do I know how to turn off the auto renewal which the thing usually tells you how to do go to settings and account or some something along those lines. Um, uh, am I getting like the value here? So the the amount of games, what games am I getting? And the thing with Switch Online uh, Gold and PS Plus is you know how many games you're going to be getting. Uh, even though, if companies do change the amount of games, you don't know which genre, or which type of game you're going to get. Because if you, if you don't care about Call of Duty, Call of Duty, um, and they did the month with The Witness and and Call of Duty remastered, you're not going to care about one of those games. So it lessens the value for you. But again, it's up to you whether you want to kind of take this. I guess the small gamble with it, because you will be getting games. You just don't know what they're going to be. Um, in terms of like the sony side of things if you if you as a i guess it, i guess it depends cuz you made a good point of like what consoles you own and stuff cuz if you don't own a vita but you do own a ps3 or you own some combination of those three consoles the vita the ps3 and the ps4 you have to make, you have to make the decision as as the consumer of um i guess things outside of the games as well which is like the online play and stuff so if you play anthem and destiny and call of duty or whatever online games you play Um, And like PS Plus discounts, you have to ask yourself, like, okay, is it still worth it for that? And then am I okay with the two PS4 games? And if you're not, you switch off the auto renewal and you you, you move on to something else. So that's my take on things. How about you?
1: Yeah. I mean, I do understand that we do need some level of consumer protection. I'm not against that. Yeah. My only issue is, is that on some level, the consumer does have to make a certain amount of effort to educate themselves on this thing. And I ran into this a lot. Uh, the four years that I did uh, uh, tech support I worked for a company that had a contract that did uh, iOS support um, Apple a lot of the big cellular companies Apple you know Samsung whatever they'll uh, subcontract that work out to temp agencies and I did a lot of that work and I couldn't go two days without you know a frantic parent getting a call you know calling in because their kid had rang up like five hundred dollars in charges on their credit card um, because they didn't pay attention when they were signing up their apple id account and didn't see that they could not have a credit card on there hmm. they just put it on there and you know you got your kid talking yeah i'm bored i'm bored i'm bored i'm bored i'm bored so they just download some random you know quote-unquote free game and you know five-year-old doesn't have a concept of money or you know skinner boxes or anything like that and they're just playing the game and they can't play any the game anymore and it says do you want to do this to play more and they just say yes and then Two dollar, two dollar, two dollar, two dollar, two dollar, two. dollars Next thing you know, they've got a, a massive bill,
0: right? Like and you know, if they're sitting there wasting character lives or something, and it's like, you died, do yeah. you want to buy another life for seventy p- pence or something? And then they or just...
1: they, they run out of turns on a game and they buy more turns.
0: Yeah, yeah, like in that and, greedy Harry Potter game. <laughs>
1: yeah, and to be fair, Apple always had a fairly generous policy on that, to where I you know I never personally did the process i always turned it over to itunes because that was technically who processed it but they would pull up your account and then they saw this is the first time you did it then generally they refunded that money they said turn this off do this do this do this and they took the five minutes that the consumer should have taken to educate themselves about what they were signing up for Mm -hmm. but then they always gave them a benefit you know they basically gave them a one-off gave them a second chance on that and i've heard stories of you know Fourteen, fifteen hundred dollars 1500 in uh, in-game app charges. Uh, but past that, you know, it says the right there when you're first signing up. It gives you credit card options and it says none. But they don't think about not putting none on there, which mm-hmm. I – outside of like one service – That I do, I don't have my credit card on anything. I always do gift cards because I got burned by that hard back in 2008, Hmm. which I've told that story before. Um, Okay. But, yeah, it's just one of those things that, you know, take five minutes, educate yourselves, and if you really think this is bad or too confusing, then go to somewhere else and then go to maybe the help desk of whichever service you're trying to go on to, you know, you know, running to the government saying, "Please, I don't want to deal with this." Should be the absolute <laughs> last option.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. To to kind of summarize and put my final point on it. Point on it. The UK needs to sort out their own problems before they moan about other problems. And I'm talking about yep. the country that I currently live in. So. Uh, and in four minutes, I turn twenty-five. So, what would you like to talk about next?
1: Uh, well, the last two ones that I've got to talk about involve uh, Star Wars. Jedi Fallen Order, mm. and I'm going to constantly trip over that title. I want to put it in The so bad. I want to say The Fallen Order, when it's just just Fallen Order. Is it? Oh, um, I thought
0: it was The Fallen Order. <laughs>
1: nope, it okay. just, it's Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, and everybody that I've listened to a podcast to that's talked about that has thrown in the word The constantly. Uh, but anyway, sense, Star Wars so. uh, Celebration was in Chicago over the weekend, and we got mm. a ton of announcements on that. Ah, uh, we got an official launch date of November fifteenth, so it's going to be out this year. Uh, we got our first trailer and the name of our first protagonist, which is Cal Kestris. And if his face looks familiar, then the actor is somebody that has been in one of two popular shows that you've probably seen. Uh, the guy's name is Cameron Moynihan. Uh, he played uh, Ian Gallagher in the series Shameless. Uh, more recently he played twins, he played Jerome and Jeremiah Velasquez in the Batman prequel series Gotham. Mm. Uh, the uh, Jeremiah Velasquez is basically their version of the Joker.
0: Yeah, the Joker who isn't the Joker but acts exactly like the Joker, but they've told you he's not the Joker, and now is actually exactly. to become the Joker, so maybe he is the Joker. <laughs> but he's but
1: he's not technically the Joker. Yeah. Um but yeah, that's who that face is, so and then the other you know, which is a big get for uh, uh you know, a real not a young actor. I mean he's probably in his mid twenties, mm-hmm. but not a relatively as well known actor to get that big of a gig uh is a huge. And the other thing is we got all the, the pre order stuff information. Uh obviously the game's uh developed by uh Titan Respawn, you know, behind Titan and Apex Legends. Mm-hmm. Did
0: you play uh, any of Titanfall one and two? I played a little bit
1: of Titanfall 1 as part of a beta. Okay. I never did play 2. Uh, like I said several times before on the podcast, I'm not a big FPS guy. Right. I can kind of play them, but I'm nowhere near good enough to be yeah. on the level to where I'm going to play them consistently. Yeah. Um, there are pre-orders available right now. Uh, right now the pre-order is... Uh, um, Not, I mean, it's just listed as the price. Uh, There is a standard pre-order. There's a deluxe edition, which is $10 more. And then there is the uh, Black Series figure bundle, which gives you, I'm guessing, a 6-inch Star Wars action figure based off of one character. It doesn't specifically say. It just says GameStop is offering a bundle that includes the game for the PS4 Xbox One, an exclusive 6-inch Star Wars Black Series action figure. No details given, but that is selling for $83. But That's a store exclusive. Okay. So I'm guessing the deluxe order is like skin. Since they said there's no you know, no microtransactions, no loot boxes, I'm guessing the deluxe order is just like skins that you can unlock, maybe get them early or something like that. They don't get into the specifics of it.
0: Yeah. Um, so what did you think of the trailer?
1: I thought the trailer was good. Um, it definitely fits into that timeline of... You know, between episodes three and four, so you might have a little interaction tangentially with some of the main characters, but probably not, given the fact, given the story that they've announced so far that you're just trying to run and hide and not be noticed. Mm-hmm. So I'm guessing at least, you know, the the first good third part of the game is you just, you know you know, running away, being anonymous. And I'm sure they'll have like some big build-up, lead-up towards the end, which you know is not uncommon for games like that, regardless of the setting.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's just one of those things that... Well, first off, I, I quit pre-ordering games anymore anyway. Uh, and second, there's just nothing out about it outside of the title and the trailer and the, the first actor that's been announced for it. Yeah. So it's cool. I, I love the fact that they said, you know, no microtransactions, no... Loot boxes—they definitely keyed into the, the nerd rage that mm-hmm. those both of those things have been for the last year or so. Did, uh, but did you see uh, S-
0: Jim Sterling's video? Or, I did it? not. It, it's it's Jim Sterling, funny. So, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool.
1: Yeah, <laughs> but uh, outside of that, I just don't know no- enough about it. I mean, yeah, none of us do.
0: So, yeah. yeah,
1: I mean, I'm I'm super super hyped for you know Cyberpunk 2077, but we got an hour long not a demo demo of it and that was awesome right and everything that's come out since then has been awesome and i even though i don't think it will i still hope that it comes out this year because i want to play it like right (laughs) the hell now Cool. but you know this we know next to nothing and i'm okay with knowing next to nothing but Mm -hmm. you know i'm not going to get hyped up for something that i know next to nothing about i've been burned on that too many times before as well
0: yeah, I'll, I, I'm guessing they'll show something at EA Play, whatever they're, they're calling it, which is basically we're going to do an E3 presentation but not officially at E3, basically, Yeah. Uh, and have people play games and uh, show floor, I think it's called, and, and have all that. Uh, so I'm guessing they'll show gameplay at E3, and this was just a quick sort of way to tie into Star Wars Celebration, which makes sense, you know, it being all Star e- Wars and all that. Uh, but yeah, good for uh, Cameron. He's now doing uh, or finished the DC thing because they've wrapped on on Gotham. Um,
1: yeah, there's like two or three episodes left over here in the states. I don't know where you guys are at there in the UK.
0: Cool. Uh, but yeah, he's doing yeah DC and Star Wars. So yeah, he's he's doing well for himself. So uh, good luck to him. And hopefully he, well, we'll see what happens with the Joker. So, <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I mean, to me, like the. I mean this kind of reminds me of that point with Battlefront 2 where like they came out and they said you know it's going to be I'll use the phrase uh, cross generation with like the prequels and and the original trilogy and the new trilogy so like Rey and uh, Yoda and all the other characters kind of crossing over and they're able to be in one battle basically they said that's going to be happening and then they gave uh, said that you can do that in like multiplayer and then they said there's going to be a story and then there's no season pass and then the, the stinger was you know microtransactions. And with this, they've come out and said, um, well, there's no multiplayer anyway, so a season pass wouldn't really... Unless they do season pass for DLC story stuff, but they haven't mentioned that. Uh, But no multiplayer, no microtransactions, so you can't do anything in there. Um, But more single-player focused is a good thing. Um, We have an email that feeds into this as well, uh, which I should probably read now that that we're on the subject. Uh, Jeremy says, what's what's the catch with EA? Where could they dig money out from this game? What are your hype levels? Um, well, now that I've just said season pass, could they have a season pass where you have like story DLC bits and pieces? Because that's not uh, impossible.
1: That would make the most sense for the deluxe edition. Would be to include the season pass. Yeah,
0: but the the difference is with obviously loot boxes, microtransactions, you can just buy and buy and buy those. Whereas, whereas with season pass, it's one perona. So. Um, but that could be where they try to feed the extra money from because they didn't, as far as I know and can tell on what I've seen, they didn't mention anything about that. And you can still have a story-driven uh, game with uh, Season Pass, so we'll see what they decide to do. Um yeah, we'll just have to wait for it to come out and see what the sly stuff that EA tries to do and whatever that's going to be. Um, but yeah, how, how do you think they might try to squeeze money out of this?
1: Uh, it's hard telling. Um, have I ever used the term, uh, loss leader on the podcast before?
0: I don't think you have.
1: It's something that's usually only done in the automotive world. Uh, basically what it is, is a loss leader is something they make knowing they're going to lose money on. Um, just because they have to make it for whatever reason. Um, like the best example is, is the Prius was initially built as a loss leader. Because they needed, according to government standards, have their fleet average be a certain number of miles per gallon. And so at the time, uh, Toyota wasn't anywhere close to that. So they made the Prius, which had a really, really, really high miles per gallon uh, with the car, in order to get that number up. They never cared whether or not they sold a lot of them. They cared about getting the number up so they wouldn't fall under a category with having a below-average fleet, you know miles per gallon on their cars. Okay. And now, then the Prius eventually took, you know, took off and became popular. So they started selling more and more of them. Um, and so they just made more and more of them, and made more versions of them. But at the time, they didn't care about making money off of them. They cared about the numbers that they presented with having that as part of their fleet. Um, EA could easily be doing this with Star Wars because they know they lost a lot of fan support with the whole loot boxes battlefield 2 they know that no matter what happens with the sports franchises they're going to sell a quadrillion number of those sports franchises Mm -hmm. i mean nba nfl fifa um mlb those always sell in the tens of millions and those always make a ton of money for ea so they could just be looking at their financials and saying, okay, we've got this coming up in November, but in between then, you know, we'll have this sports franchise making money, we'll have this sports franchise making money, we'll have this new version of this game. We could just let this maybe not make as much money as it could and just compensate on the back end with the other games. Mm-hmm. I don't know that they'll do that. I'm just speculating
0: yeah um i mean if they come out with this game and it's it's what it should be for the fans and everything um and it sells like 10 million copies or something i'm just giving a random number like 10 million copies or something then surely that's a success so uh i don't know i mean um didn't we have the news like a couple weeks ago that they sold like 2 million less battlefield copies than what they wanted to and then they were like unhappy mm-hmm. with that so it, I, it depends what they what they want from this game but like you said there's made, they've made more than enough money out of all the different franchises um, they can take a success with no greed attached if they can manage to do that so uh, yeah we'll just have to wait till did you say November 15th? It's, it's November
1: 15th is the official launch date assuming it doesn't get delayed for whatever reason Cool. but I gotta figure that if they're willing to give that hard of a date um and especially because that gets you in just like uh six weeks before the big christmas rush you know so that would be a great time to get a game out is you know it's going to be out for christmas mm-hmm. and it's going to be close enough to black friday that they won't have to discount it on black friday although i'm sure there'll be a discount somewhere mm-hmm. for something for that
0: and close enough to uh, episode nine so yep yeah which that's another, another good point, tie-in so yeah uh cool what else do you want to talk about today
1: that's all I had. I mean, it was a quick week since we recorded. Uh, we're recording a little earlier today, so.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, so last piece I have, um, we have one email and one piece of news, so let's go through with those. Uh, but it's a pretty big one, so uh, let's get to this. Sony has fine This is from the BBC, so yes, it's from the UK. Because <laughs> uh, multiple sources... Uh, reported various different article versions of this PS5 news. Um, Sony has finally released the first details about its next PlayStation console, presumably named the PlayStation 5 but they didn't call it that necessarily. Uh, Gamers have been waiting patiently to find out any information about the PS4's replacement, I would say successor but replacement, Uh, but until now details have been kept under wraps obviously because they've been working away at the system. Now Sony's uh, system architect Mark Cerny has released information about what the next-gen console will look like uh, in an interview with Wired. Wired was actually the first company that I saw post any news about this so I think that they got the exclusive to it Uh, plus that's what they called their article. He revealed it will be much faster, much more powerful and include improved audio. Uh, But don't expect to be able to see one in 2019. I think that was a bit of a given but it's been confirmed. No PS5 in 2019 which I'm fine with. Uh, You'll have to wait until at least next year to see it on the shelves if not maybe the year after. Uh, I still go with like a late 2020 sort of prediction. Um, Below, we outline all the new details about what we know about uh, the PlayStation 5 so far, as well as the questions we still want answered. Uh, Much faster loading times. Good news for PlayStation fans, users, whatever, gamers. Uh, The new console will include a high-speed solid-state drive, so an SSD, um, but with speed attached in there. Um, While that won't mean much to a lot of people, the point of the SSD is to dramatically reduce things like loading times, which can be an issue for certain games, uh, which will make everyone's gaming experiences a bit better. Uh, for example, when playing Spider-Man on a, uh, PS4, it can take 15 seconds to fast travel between different locations. Sony gave, uh, Cerny, sorry, Mark Sony, uh, gave Wired a demonstration that showed, uh, the same task taking just 0.8 seconds. So, quite a bit chopped off from that, uh, on, on the new machines, on the PlayStation 5, I assume. Or some sort of dev kit, probably, I, I would imagine, um... No matter uh, how powered up you, sp- uh, you can get as Spider-Man, you can never go any faster than this. He says about the PlayStation 4. Um, that's simply how fast we can get the data off the hard drive. So um, I- I'll probably I'll read all this and then we'll give our thoughts and stuff. Uh, improved audio. Another big focus on the next generation console is 3D audio. Sony tells Wired that as a gamer himself, he was a frustrated that there wasn't much change in audio between the PS3 and PS4. Uh, that wasn't the only thing that needed to be improved. Um, when the next console, uh, with the next console, sorry, the dream is to show how dramatically different audio experiences can be, or experience can be, uh, how different the audio experience can be. He says, PS5, which isn't the official name of the new console, but everyone probably assumes that's what it's going to be called. Uh, We'll see gamers being immersed in audio from above, behind, and from the side, according to Mark Cerny himself. Uh, And will be experienced best through headphones. How often do you game with your headphones or earphones or anything?
1: I only put my headphones on if I'm either in a stream and I need to talk to somebody. yeah, Or if it's like kind of late and I don't want the game to be too loud for my neighbors because I do live in an apartment complex. But outside of that, I don't.
0: Okay, I use them as like as often as possible. I just find them much more immersive, and with PSVR they are given obviously, so because you don't want to be yeah. immersed in a world and then hear sound from TV speakers in front of you. That's just very strange. So, uh, yeah. So it will best be best experienced through headphones, which I agree is the best way to experience the game. So, uh, enhanced visual experience. The next PlayStation supports ray tracing graphics. I've never heard of that, but that's apparently what it will be doing. Uh, the first time a game console has ever managed graphics like it, Cerny says. Um, Mark Cerny. Uh, they're usually using Hollywood, uh, special effects and occasionally in high-end processors. It means users of the next generation PlayStation will receive much better and more realistic visuals, which is what we can expect from a new console. Um, especially from, like, obviously with a, even with a PS4 Pro to a PS4, you expect better graphics. So if you're... Going to the next generation, you obviously expect that to improve. It's also worth noting that uh, while the PS5 will have all these improvements, you don't need to worry about compatibility with PS4 games. The new console will still take physical discs, which... that's good. Uh, And gamers can still play PlayStation 4 games on the new console, so backwards compatibility with PS4 at least, confirmed. Uh, On the new console, they did also say that um, the PSVR headset will be compatible with um like i i assume any kind of psvr uh or ps5 vr games so if they do like an astro bot 2 or something uh like that that it'll be still still be supported i imagine the move controllers would be as well because they don't need like that much of a boost in technology plus you can use your ps3 move controllers uh with the ps4 games so i guess they've sort of kind of tried to push that forward what we don't know, all the details that have been released so far are, are about the hardware. What we still don't know, um, when it will be released. Although Sony says it won't be this year, so don't expect to get your hands on one in 2019. We don't know how much it will cost yet. So he was just giving like specs. He wasn't there to say, like this is this is PS5, this is the games and the release date and the launch titles. He wasn't doing that, he was just giving like spec details, which is fine. Uh, so no 2019, I know no, how much it will cost. Uh, the name of the console it's already being dubbed the PS5, I'm sure it will be called the PlayStation 5. Um, but certainly hasn't confirmed its official name, probably because it doesn't even need to. Uh, and that's the stuff that we don't know. Obviously games as well we don't know, launch titles, but we can guess some of those like God of War 2 or 6 and Spider-Man 2. Uh, what are your thoughts on this stuff?
1: Uh, a lot of it's just market speak, like oh, yeah, the uh, ray the ray tracing thing. Um, I mean, that definitely will improve the graphics a bit, but that's more for uh, trying to future proof yourself. Mm-hmm. It's only going to really be noticeable on uh, uh, 4K TV, on I'm sorry, on 8K TVs.
0: Yeah, uh, which, but those. Sorry, the only are so far the, away. one of the other notes they said is that it will support 8K. That doesn't mean every game is going to be 8K. I imagine that like, if there's certain games that come out that are perhaps 8K, it will support those. So, well, or 4 k TVs uh, or something. So.
1: Yeah, but there's no reason to even do that because, first yeah. off, we're not even really into the full saturation market yet <laughs> for 4K TVs. Yeah. And plus, the 8K TVs are prohibitively expensive and comically large. Because uh, I, I did read that article, and so I jumped on Amazon while you were going through it. Uh, They have uh, three TVs right now available for 8K. There's the Samsung Electronics 88-inch TV. That's currently at $10,800. Jesus. There's the Samsung 85-inch Smart 8K TV. Uh, That's at $15,000. There is the Music Computing MCLCD-TTV8410 which is an off-brand that I've never heard of. I
0: heard of uh, that's I don't think.
1: Yeah, that's yeah. at $10,750 with $1,341 in shipping costs, usually available in one to three weeks. So even if this uh, PS5, let's be honest, with marketing purposes, unless somebody falls down and hits their head and just goes absolutely barking mad, it's going to get called the ps5 there's no reason to not call it the ps5 i don't
0: think he needed to be i mean i didn't hear the interview i'm just reading notes but i'm pretty sure he didn't need to be coy about that yeah Uh, so yeah but
1: back to my point you know you can say 8k this 8k that but we're at least four years away from 8k even being a thing so even if it comes out next year which it Probably won't. I'm guessing more 2021 because okay. they're still selling so many PS4s anyway. There's no real reason to push another console out right now. Yeah. You know they can sit back a little bit. um But by the time the 8K becomes a thing, that's 8K. I don't see 8K even being in the affordable range, and I'm using air quotes with affordable, <laughs> saying around the two thousand dollar mark. Anywhere until at least another four years because that's about how long it takes for the technology to cycle through. And even then, you know, I did see a big difference between, you know, the 1080 and the uh, the 4K. I just don't know how much better it's going to get. I mean, 4K is beautiful. I can't imagine what it would look like in 8K.
0: Yeah, I think the only time I've seen in front of me 4K, because if, if I go on my 1080p uh, TV downstairs and type in 4K YouTube videos, it's not going to come up the same way plus because you know bandwidth and all that sort of stuff and whatever the only time i have remember seeing any 4k stuff is when i was going through uh pc world for whatever reason and i caught a glimpse of what i think was a 4k tv and it had an image of like a flower on it or something just for like display purposes uh but outside of that i've never really seen like a true 4k video because i've seen 4k stuff let's say but on a uh you know on a tv that wasn't 4k which means it won't truly be shown in 4k because that's how that works so yeah um and like you know if you try to stream something from youtube it's definitely not going to be in that so unless it's like you got really good bandwidth and the video is 4k and all that kind of stuff so yeah
1: or you're willing to wait a couple three minutes for it to buffer
0: (laughs) right yeah uh i mean even now we still wait for stuff to buffer so um i mean that's kind of the Feeding this into the whole, you know, Google Stadia streaming stuff and 4K and all that. I I still know a lot of people that struggle to, like, run... Like, let's say your internet's having, like, a slightly worse day or something. Sometimes I struggle to upload short podcasts. And sometimes I struggle to, like, load some 720p videos and stuff. Or you'll get that thing where it, like, compresses or whatever and you get a worse image. So... Yeah, this whole like 4K Google Stadia streaming stuff, I yeah, that puts even more of a kind of dampener on that. But anyway, um, I'm still excited about PS5. I'm glad that they did say about um, PS4 games because basically, what what one of the other questions I read was uh, how how will it support um, PSVR like the current PSVR? And he said it will work with PS4 PSVR games, so I don't see any reason why it wouldn't support. God of War or something on on PS5 because if you can support let's say Astro Bot PSVR then why couldn't you play um, God of War so but he's I think he cut yeah he basically said in here that it, it will play backwards compatible PS4 games which I think is a is a kind of a minimum at this point given all the work that Microsoft's done which is the you know direct competitor uh, I think that's like a, a must have um, of course the question still what will it do with PS1 two and three but we'll just have to wait and see so. Uh, but yeah other than specs and stuff we really don't know much else but it's cool to see them starting to talk about stuff that's uh kind of cool uh anything else you want to say on this or should we move on to the email uh, we can move on to the email cool so last piece for the podcast uh if you have any emails feedback questions comments anything like that matthew at entertainment talk.org twitter etalk uk uh, there's the contact page which you can simply click on and the information should be available in your show notes Bethany, if you had to guess right now, who wins next gen? Microsoft, Nintendo, or Sony? And she says Microsoft with all the new studios because they're going to be making games at the moment and whatnot. So like Obsidian, it's uh, Obsidian in Exile, all those kinds of uh, companies. So uh, who do you think might be the uh, the winner of uh, the next gen? Uh,
1: it's impossible to tell because. You know, Microsoft was so far ahead with the 360 generation and then just fell flat on their face with the Xbox One X. Yeah. The Xbox One. Uh, They definitely have caught up a lot. Uh, If I had to pick one, right now I would say Microsoft over Sony just because they've set themselves up to really future-proof themselves. They've already proven that they can uh, backwards compat for any generation. Sony still can't even do that right. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been giving you the ability to change your gamer tag for several years now. Sony can't even do that right. (laughs) Um, They've got a bunch of studios that are coming out with games now that are going to be cross-platform. And so you'll get a bunch of good games. And then the next two or three games that that same studio comes out with, they're probably going to be Microsoft or at least... You know Microsoft platform exclusive, so you'll still get them on PC for the PC gamers. Um, and you know Sony has so much stuff that they haven't worked out yet that it's really kind of tough to you know bet on them. I'm not saying that they're going to you know fall spectacularly flat.
0: Right, just um, not necessarily beat Microsoft is what. You, yeah, you, they what you're they've,
1: yeah they've just got themselves set up in a better position to do pretty much anything. They've got. A ton of studios. Supposedly at E3, uh, they're going to announce three more. Although that's not been confirmed yet. That's just you know, you know, mockups of stuff that I've seen.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if I had to guess, I would say Sony, just because of the new franchises that they built in the last couple of years or so, like Horizon Zero Dawn, and even with things like God of War and Spider Man, that aren't new franchises. They've kind of revived them or. Given new stories to characters. So I like Spider-Man. Because you know. Spider-Man's not new. He's been around for years. But given essentially a new a new story. No no like movie tie-in. Uh, or film tie-in kind of game. give him, him a new story with like great gameplay. And all that kind of stuff. And you can build sequels off of that. God of War reviving that. And making uh, what well, a lot of people care. Because you know. One game of the year and stuff. And I don't see how God of War 2 would really fall flat. Horizon Zero Dawn 2. I'm, I'm sure that's going to be good. Or Horizon 2. Whatever they're going to call it um i think that i'm i'm genuinely i mean as a psvr owner and with with what mark Sony's just said about the psvr games i'm pretty excited to be an owner of of one of those i just need to get the the move controllers um and like those games going forward because they seem to be really kind of uh dedicating support for that in the way that they didn't with the vita so i almost hope that Uh, Sony can learn from the Vita's failure with the PSVRs to say like yeah we might not have you know a 90 million uh, user base with this but we did sell like 4 million units or whatever and there is people that care and there is like attach rate and stuff Um, so to keep just giving those gamers what they want and you don't have to go like crazy with PSVR games just give like really good games here and there and just keep those fans kind of pleased or those gamers kind of pleased um i mean even with like other franchises and stuff like i've heard that they opened a uh i think like a new studio or something for um uncharted to be developed going forward um we've still got like a bunch of new ip that hasn't even come out yet so like death stranding ghost of the we got a sequel to one of the best games of all time or at least in my opinion with the last of us 2 i know that's a bit of a biased opinion because i love the first one we still got that to come out medieval remaster uh concrete genie uh what's what's the what's the other one uh the other one. Uh, dreams we've still got that to come out and that can have a bunch of creation so i i i kind of think it will continue in almost the same way where microsoft will continue to do interesting things with like services and make like really good consoles and stuff but i still think that i think one of the big question marks is like, over everything at the moment for me is, um, like, outside of the PlayStation 5 questions is, okay, if Microsoft comes into new generation and obviously they still keep Game Pass, they still keep games with gold and all that sort of stuff and and, uh, Xbox Live Gold and everything, even though they've got all these new studios and everything, like, what what are those games going to be? Are they going to be good? Like, I'm not assuming they're going to be good or bad because we don't know what they're going to be or what they're working on. Um, but if those games are really good. Obviously that will spur on like exclusive competition. In terms of the games and everything. But if they're like average or bad. Then Sony will just keep continuing to win on, on that front. And it also depends on like. How often both of them will release games. Like if you get three exclusives a year from each, uh, each. Or both of them from Xbox and PlayStation. Then that will be kind of like good competition. So we'll just have to wait and see what kind of happens. But my guess would still be with Sony. Just because of. Um, especially with, like, the assets and stuff, because they've made, like, the the world for Horizon, the world for God of War, and for Spider-Man, and presumably they're doing the same thing with, like, Death Stranding and Ghost of Tsushima, uh, and you had a world built with, like, Last of Us and stuff, so it will hopefully be quicker to make, like, sequels to those games as well, so I just think with them setting up a bunch of new IP as well, um, that will, that will help them really going forward, but yeah, they do still have the problems of, like, name changes, backwards compatibility, and some of those other things, so we'll just uh, we'll just have to wait and see. But that's what we got for you on uh, this episode of Random Gaming Talk. Uh, unless you had anything you wanted to say to that?
1: No, that's it's perfectly valid uh, reason for that. I I don't disagree with anything you said.
0: Cool. But I'm excited on both sides of things. I'm excited to see what these new games that Microsoft comes out with because it's it's kind of a cool little mystery thing that we have got going on, which is where they've got you know Ninja Theory in and Ex- Exile and. Obsidian and everything—we we don't know what they're going to come out with, but uh it's exciting to see what they're going to do. So, um mm-hmm. and on the Sony side, like because uh, we know about what Sony's got coming up, but it's more exciting to see okay one of these games coming out uh, and uh, how cool they'll kind of be. So um yeah, I'm excited for all three fronts, and I think Nintendo will—I think they'll actually continue to like do stuff with microsoft and obviously because we got cup heads uh going over to switch and the rumor of the game pass and stuff i would be really excited for all that if that kind of comes together um but so nintendo is going to kind of continue to do their own thing and as a switch owner i'm excited for that as well so uh good stuff all around but i but if i had to answer the question it would be sony so uh yeah that's it for random gaming talk this week entertainment is where you can find all the content uh one thing i should mention as well uh congratulations to david this week he's reached episode 200 for geek town uh if this is your first podcast or whatever um david is my other co-host for other podcasts as well so like for the walking dead for game of thrones and some other stuff um he runs geektown.co.uk which is for tv and film those so we do the reviews and stuff and he does more of the news side of stuff over there uh so yeah congratulations to david and me and bex were his co-hosts for this week and we had quite a fun episode it was fun to record so that was good as well um yes and uh... Sorry, congratulations
1: uh, to you happy birthday
0: thank you thank you um 28 minutes <laughs> gone yeah uh and i'm now 25 so great i'm getting older but apparently yes you're you're an right old, old old
1: decrepit <laughs> man
0: cool uh yeah it should be fun tomorrow so that's uh that's that as well um when's your birthday uh my
1: birthday is actually may
0: 6th so oh, about five far. weeks nice nope. that's near where my dad's birthday is as well so uh, i'll be 45 cool he will be older than that so <laughs> yeah um but yes entertainmenttalk.org and geektown.co.uk if you want the podcast version geek town radio on podcast services services as well if you want to support the podcast support entertainment talk patreon.com forward slash entertainment talk that's where you can go and redeem rewards for reviews of your choice sam an affiliate link that's where you can shop on amazon we'll get a small cut but it won't cost you anything extra itunes feeds please write review subscribe to those at the moment if you and if you want to rate a specific one please do game of thrones at the moment because obviously it's going to be very bit uh, uh very big for us so that will help us out as well but if you don't want to mess around with any of that sort of stuff word of mouth just tell your friends family people that you know uh and people that are talking about the uh, tv shows and games and films that we're covering and um, not if you see people talking about Game of Thrones When you see people talking about Game of Thrones Because it's already started uh, Be sure to tell them about the uh, Reviewing Westeros podcast That will help us out as well Social media, please share the posts on Facebook Retweet them on Twitter Put them in different groups if you're allowed to Just ask the admins, don't go getting yourself banned Or anything silly like that But uh, yeah, you can share them on Facebook, retweet them on Twitter Video games, if you want to watch me and Robert or David Play different video games Me and David have got Twitch streaming channels Robert's on Mixer And when I find my next PSVR game, I might stream that because it won't be that desert game that i have already sent back so <laughs> yeah
1: i've heard uh, falcon age is really good really really short but really good
0: what's what's that about
1: that's the one where you have a pet falcon and hmm. um you, it was part of the state of play that uh, sony did remember i talked about it because you had a pet falcon and you fist bumped and uh um it's they talked about it on the uh, what's good game podcast so if you haven't listened to the latest episode uh they talk about that. Apparently, it's a really short game. It's like four to five hours in terms of gameplay. But you got a cute little falcon, and you fly it off to do things, and then you don't got to take care of it. And they do a lot of uh, silly things that are VR specific, but still kind of cute. Like if you put the controllers together and make a heart with your hand, the bird will fly it in and then fly through your heart hand, and you know, look at you and wink and all that other cute stuff.
0: Cool, nice. There's some stuff like that in Ash but Like if you look at astrobot himself he'll like wave at you or something so that's kind of cool but uh yeah you can watch us play video games on twitch and on mixer um and that's it thank you very much for listening and we will see you next week goodbye
1: goodbye